people, you are listening to episode 89 of the Africana Woman Podcast. Chilu is my name. I am a writer, personal brand consultant, entrepreneur, and mentor. This show is the home of African women's stories. We share ideas, triumphs, challenges, and lessons from our perspective as women. Our library is a step to cementing our place in history. Her story, your story, is powerful. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to all the new listeners and welcome back, family. Click the subscribe button to make sure you're always the first to know when a new episode drops. Shout out to Patra Gichobi. She sent this message. So, so sweet. Hi, I am Patra from Kenya. I just want to appreciate your work, especially on the podcast. You have taught and reminded me so much. You are one person I would love to have as a friend. You are brilliant. Be blessed. Oh my goodness. When I saw this message, I was so, so touched. Thank you, Patra, for such beautiful feedback. So I reached out to her and now she is a member of the AWV book club. She is such a vibe, such a vibe. I love that I am surrounded by like-minded and like-hearted women. So if you're listening and you're not part of the community, community. What are you waiting for, sis? Reach out and I will get you set up personally. Okay. Now we are 10 conversations away from the hundredth episode. Hi, I need to get someone with a deep voice to do a countdown, you know, like 10, nine, eight. So speaking about countdowns, we are counting down the days to the AWV retreat. Oh my goodness. Listen, I cannot wait to bring these amazing women together and we are going to rest reconnect and realign. One of the things that breaks my heart when working with women is how difficult it is for them to rest. Not the resting, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when you're exhausted late into the night and the house is finally asleep so you can put your legs up. No, I'm not talking about that. I am talking about walking away from your commitments. Work, kids, your partner, dependents, school, everything. Walking away for a few days and saying, this is time for my enjoyment. Hmm? Now, last week, well, this week, I don't know, last week, I always get it wrong. Anyway, this last week, I took a road trip to Lusaka and I have not left town for almost four months. Can you believe that? Four whole months I've just been in Kabwe. And the change of scenery, the drive down to Lusaka, it just did me the world of good. (laughs) By the time I got back home, I had restructured my business and gotten clarity around some things I have been wrestling with for some time. So a change of environment gives you a different perspective. Okay. If you would like to join us for the retreat, hey, we have a couple slots available and you can find the link in the show notes to sign up. Now, our conversation today is really, really special. I actually recorded it when I went to Lusaka, hey? And as you will hear, 
we had recorded an interview about a year ago and then I lost it. Oh my gosh, so embarrassing to say. So I'm so, so grateful that we were able to um, do the recording again. And this is actually the first episode that I have done in person. Like, ah, so exciting. Here is a little information about our guest. Mondezama has always been a hustler. When she was in secondary school, she would purchase sweets and sell them to her peers. Monde studied publishing and media at university and took night classes at Hoxton Makeup Academy to become a makeup artist and she would offer her services for hair and makeup at fashion shows, music videos, and personal clients. A few months in, Monday started selling hair and accessories on www.harmsharmy.bigcartel.com and that was her entry into e-commerce. During the COVID-19 pandemic, she was tasked with helping to sell some of her family's farm produce to her Zambian friends all over the world. There were about 80 bags. Now, within a week, they had managed to sell all of them. And Monday could see that there was a lot of potential. And thus, she got to working on what is now Zasik Enterprises Limited. Please enjoy this conversation. Oh my goodness, guys. So, this is the first time that I'm doing a interview in person and then it's also with someone very special so this is monday Hello, and everyone. ah so monday like when were we connected it's like, it's almost two years yes it's it? almost two years now wow since i started my business really yes, Kunda, yeah. it was the one that yes when yes, she, she was, was like that, oh this oh, is support what she... yes. yes yes that's when it started yes. so shout out to kunda because yes. kunda connected us yeah. and from then we've always just been keeping in touch mm-hmm. and you know, supporting each other wherever we can. I'm always yeah. telling people about her business. I'm always so, telling everyone about her <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so it's, it's just so nice that we finally get to meet. Yes. Okay, confession. Mm-hmm. Guys. Mm-hmm. I know, right? So confession. Yeah, go on. We recorded the we recorded an interview. I think it was about a year ago, almost. Yeah. And then I was like, "Oh, I'm ready to release it." I go look for it, and God can't find it anywhere. I, my heart sank. Like, oh, <laughs> it was the worst. And then I'm like, "Okay, how do I tell her that I've lost the interview?" You know. So I sent a message. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I feel awful, guys." <laughs> I don't even know how to say this. Like, uh, we need to do the recording again. <laughs> and then she's like, listen, I'm coming to Zambia. I was like, yes. Hey. I was like, don't worry, we'll do it in person. <laughs> I was almost excited. <laughs> oh, good. You've lost it. We can meet now. Right? So it was, it, it worked out really, really well. And yeah. we're here now. Yes. So, okay. So let's find out a bit more about it because okay. I know about it and I know I've done the interview before, but you yes. guys obviously don't know. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so yeah. Monday, tell us tell us about your favorite childhood memory. Okay, my favorite childhood memory. Oh my goodness, probably changed now from the, <laughs> the last one. Uh, my favorite childhood memory would probably just be um, being free 
being able to roam around with my friends and not really having to to stay indoors all the time yeah. maybe playing out and yeah. you know going to school is a different experience here um to when you're when you're in england it's like go to school come back home and that's it that's yeah. where it ends yeah um i very much remember the sunflowers at my grandma's yeah. gran- grandparents um farm mm-hmm. i remember that so vividly because we would go there on the weekends and you know, it was just something that stuck with me. I don't know what they use the sunflowers for, but <laughs> I just Do remember. You know what I always image? wonder because I yeah. always, like when you're driving, I see a lot of places, a lot of houses with sunflowers. sunflowers yeah, and I'm like, so do they press them like, to get the yes. oil? Like, what I are they doing to look with into it? That. I yeah, need to look into that because I or they just like the seeds. Maybe they like to eat may, the seeds. Maybe I, I, I've I, never. I honestly mm, don't get it. I was gonna say I've never had sunflower seeds before, but uh. I have in like you know those granola yeah like, yeah yeah things yeah. But yeah, I don't know. And I just I just remember how calming and free it was mm. just to be a, a child. I think mm. these days everything is just so much, ugh, you know, kids are in their own virtual worlds and, you know, yeah. they, they... It's, it's so, either virtual or very regimented. Yes. So it's like the parent is like that helicopter parent. Yes. like, okay, you're going for piano lessons yes. and then you're going for soccer yeah. and yeah. then you're going for, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's I, one I, of the two. Yeah, yeah, I feel like, I almost feel like I had quite a, a bit of freedom. Mm. You know, even though my grandparents were like, oh no, you know, you, you shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that. But like, realistically speaking, at, at least I had like, the outlet to be able to go outside, mm-hmm. which is some, not, which is a luxury that not many people can afford right yeah, now. Yeah. So yeah, that's like one thing that I really remember. Yeah. Well, you have to give a bit of context. Yes. So you grew up uh, in in Zambia first, mm-hmm. and then you went to England. Yes. Yeah. So just tell us a little bit about that. So I came. Um, I came. I'm not in England. <laughs> Uh, I'm in Zambia. So um, I left Zambia when I was seven to meet with my my mom, and I I schooled in Kia right up till grade three, mm-hmm. grade four, and then when I got to England, I had to start grade four, and yeah, it was it was it was an interesting transition because I was now. Um, a minority I mm. was now I was now having to explain my blackness and I was having to you know show people that um I can do the things that they can and the biggest thing was like trying to you know it was always explaining myself mm. always saying oh no but you know in my country we do this in my country we do that mm. and it, it sometimes it kind of gets tedious because it's like oh my goodness like I have to always be a different person even down to my accent so like before obviously i had a zambian accent and i i still tell people now like i still have a zambian accent because in my head i still yeah. like i still have that thing yeah but like the having to adapt it is it is a lot for a child mm. to go through and and i feel like one of my goals in life is to hopefully keep my children in one place mm. or homeschool them mm. so that they don't have to ever have to feel to define themselves in a different way just to fit into a certain environment because i feel like that's some kind of trauma because now what you find is that i'll speak to like i went to south africa a few weeks ago and i didn't want to talk and when i did talk i tried to put their accent on because yeah. i was like i don't want to be different yeah i don't want the to be code different. switching yeah, yeah i don't yeah. want to be different and it's it's the same like if i speak to um people in england 
who are of predominantly black backgrounds, if I can hear them and hear their abonics and I'll be like, yo fam, what are you saying? Like, mm. do you know what I mean? And mm. it just, yeah. it, it just depends on who I'm speaking exactly. to. And I think a lot of black immigrants do that. We have to be able to adapt to certain situations yeah. because we don't have, we don't want to explain ourselves because it's very tedious. So yeah, that that's kind of my my little background with yeah. regards to that. Yeah, I can totally relate to what you're saying yeah. about just the code switching because that's something that I you know because my background is I was in Zambia, then I went to the UK, then the mm. US, and each place UK. Oh, your accent, yes. US. Oh, your accent. Mm. I'm like, there's no Whitney. Yes, yes. <laughs> there's no Whitney. Yes. Oh my word. Yes, and and the biggest thing <sighs> now is like okay. You go to, to to England, and now I've got this accent, but I'm still black and a, mi- a minor- minority. Mm. I come to Zambia now, and I'm not a minority anymore, but my accent gives me away all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. like, yesterday I was in a cab, and the guy was like, where are you from? I was like, I'm from Zambia. <laughs> like, we're talking about Zambian. <laughs> and then he's like, no, where are you really from? And I'm like, oh, you mean as in, like, where I, I came from as in, where I lived, <laughs> like, yeah. uh-huh. you know, but when people in England ask me that, I'm like, I'm Zambian. So yeah. it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just, it's, it's very annoying. <laughs> it is, it is. Because <laughs> even right now, people will ask me, where are you from? And I'm like, but I'm Zambian. I get yeah, the same yeah. thing. People are like, no, you sound like South African mm. or from Botswana or yeah. something. And I'm just like, you know what? There's no winning. There's but, absolutely no but winning. But can we not but just, just, just be, be happy yeah, that we're all like, you know, living our lives. Exactly, right? human. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, tell us what happened like after high school. Yeah. What did you go on to do? What did you study? Yeah. You know, all of that. So I studied publishing, journalism, and media. So after I actually came to Zambia in 2013, and I was pursuing a music career, and I remember um, my my family helping me with that. And the thing that kept coming up was, oh, you haven't got a degree, you haven't got a degree, you haven't got a degree. And I'm like, oh, that's your family. God, yes. Mm. And it was like, oh my goodness, like really, mm. I need I need to get this degree then. So I went back to England and. Um, Actually, before I actually went in that 2013, I did a year. So I went back to England and I didn't complete the year. So I had to repeat everything again. Mm. So I did the three years and I was quite scared to start again. Because, you know, when you, like that was my first time like repeating anything. And it was yeah. just like, oh my God. Yeah. But the funniest thing is like, it was good because everything that was being taught, I already knew. So it was almost like a refresher. So it was quite, it was quite easy to, to get through that year. Mm. And then, so I got my degree um, in 2015, I believe. Uh, so I've got a degree in publishing and media. And after that, I did like an internship, a free internship. Oh, God. <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> free internship. <gasps> Do you know what? I worked so hard. I worked so hard. I remember... I believe it was so the first free internship I did was at a radio company mm-hmm. and the second one was a fashion one it was in central London yeah central London is so expensive just to get the transport in mm. anyway yeah so I had a job I was working as a support worker with children with autism on weekends and I remember I'll be doing like I'll be doing like 15 hour shifts over the weekend wow. because I knew that I needed the money for yeah. the week yeah so I was just, 
I was like a zombie yeah. at the end of it. And I remember starting the, the job. And this is the thing, like, it's so glamorous. These fashion jobs are so glamorous. Mm. But once you get in them, they're very overworked and underpaid. Mm. You almost feel like, you, you know, when people were talking about, um, like, uh, fashion, mm-hmm. fast fashion, how... Mm. You know, children are the ones who are who who are used to to make clothes yeah, yeah. in like I don't know Indonesia or yeah, India yeah. or um, or China. You kind you you understand how how unethical the business actually is mm-hmm. because I was coming in, I was putting in, I, I was working from about nine o'clock till six o'clock, and sometimes if you had a stylist, you'd be working till till late hours at night. And they won't pay for your um, your lunch. They won't pay for your transport. They won't pay your wages. Okay. So it was like, you're just doing that just to get the experience. the experience. So I remember I did that for three months and I, and I was really, um, I was really pushing to like get to the next stage. And I remember, I think um, just in between that, I, my mum kicked me out of the house. I yeah. was just like, yo, like, this is fun. I'm gonna survive. <laughs> I was like, yo, like this is this is actually crazy. And but I what remember, happened um, there? Why were you so, kicked out? Okay, so, <laughs> like, let's go back to that. Okay, so I've like, been kicked out before, honey. So you have, okay. <laughs> so like, I had, um, so I had a boyfriend who would, um, who lived in a different country. He mm. lived in England, and he lived. She's going to find out now. She's going to watch this. <laughs> like, oh, that's why. And I didn't really want to say, like, I'm very much, like, you wouldn't know my business until mm. I told you yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I'm very open. Like, I could tell you anything. But if you don't ask, I won't tell. That's me. So, like, I'm just like, mm. yeah, like, you don't need to know. So, I didn't really ever tell her about anything. And um, this, but there's a reason why I didn't. Now we're getting into therapy. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason why I didn't. Because, obviously, how she, like, the family had treated my previous relationship. And I was okay. like, mm, yeah, okay, no. I'll keep it to myself until I know that I'm ready to settle down yeah. with this person. Just for yeah. respect for myself and them. So he would, he he lived in a different country and then I would go and see him and it was good. And then I would come back and she would be questioning my finances and she'd be like, okay, mm. so if you can afford to do this, then you can afford to, to pay your own bills. So mm. you can leave the, oh my God. And I remember like, I just didn't know what to do. And I was so angry at the time because I just, I couldn't believe that she couldn't understand where I was coming from. And I didn't want to tell her. I didn't want to confide in her with what exactly was going on. It was like I was seeing someone who was in a different country and he was paying for everything. Mm, and mm. it was difficult to, like, how do I even explain that to her? You know, she would just be thinking, what? Like, at your age? And it's just like, yeah. oh, whatever. So I remember leaving and I stayed with my cousin for about two weeks. And I, and I stayed with my sister and then that was when I was proactively like looking for a job. And yeah. I had never worked so hard before looking for a job. You know when you're when you're desperate? Yeah. Yeah. Like you will make sure that C V is seen by everyone. everyone. Yeah. I was posting, I was going into recruitment agencies, I was asking them, Are you recruit anything? I wanted to get anything. But the biggest thing was like I wanted to get like a corporate job because I wanted to get my, my foot in the corporate ladder. Yeah. So, um, eventually I did actually get a job very, it was, I think the, the salary was quite low. I think it was about, um, okay. By Zambians. <laughs> no, we don't compare. No, no. Now <laughs> you cannot but do that. that. <laughs> the cost of living is higher. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I remember, I think I got, I got the job and it was around the corner from my mom's house. I was just like, 
are you kidding me? <laughs> so she kicked me out and I was staying at my sister's house in South London and yeah. I had to now move back. Mm. So I had a bit of savings and I was doing people's makeup and I was just hustling. I was mm. like, to make this money, I was like really hustling. I used to do hair and makeup, so I would do makeup here, do hair there, whatever would make money. And then I remember when I got the job now, I was like, oh my God, I'm happy. And I told my sister and she mm. was like, yeah, well done. And I'm so grateful to her because she allowed me to stay with her for like, I said, I was like, yeah, I'll stay for a few weeks. And I said, like, three months. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so grateful that she did that because, you know, like, sometimes it doesn't have to be monetary, but the fact that she yeah. tolerated me yeah. for that long, yeah. like, speaks volumes. That's why I always have my, my sister Tendai, I always have her back. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if anyone says anything, I'm like, nah, like, you know, she had me when nobody else did, so... Mm. Shout out to Sendai. So I remember now getting, um, now trying to find a place. And I was like, okay, where am I going to look for a place? I need to look for an apartment. Mm. Then, you know, people are, are renting out their rooms and things like this. And I found a place. And um, fortunately, one of my friends helped me with the rest of the deposit. I was like so grateful to them. And they were like, oh, don't worry, you'll pay me back later. Yeah. And which I did. And I started the job. And I remember like I was, I was trying to save money. And I was just like, okay, um, the, the place wasn't wasn't too far away but it's a thing where it was it was inconvenient to get to yeah so it made sense for me to either get the bus or I could walk it and it would take me about 40 minutes to an hour or I could take the bus I would take two buses or I could take the train mm. so I was like okay I'll take I'll take the bus and then um or w- once I get there you know I'll walk the rest of the way mm. so that's what I did and it was good. It was a good job. And after about two, three years, I left the job. And in between then, I was still trying to... I actually stopped doing my music mm. because the passion had died down now because everything was about making money yeah. and, you know, how do you monetize your, your music? It's so expensive yeah. for studio sessions, mm. so expensive for everything from hair to makeup. And you always... It's, it's a fast industry. Everything has to be different all the time. Mm. So um, I just put that to the side. And even, like, my inspiration, I just wasn't inspired to, to write anymore. I wasn't inspired to, to sing anymore. So I stopped that. And um, I said... Do you that, think you'll go back? I think I will. I, I do feel like I will. There's um, So one of our friends, uh, Kunda and I's mutual friend, Nasana, she's, um, I think she's, she's, she's going to be in her 40s soon, mm. or she is in her 40s. And I, I really look up to her because I'm like, oh my God, she's doing what she, she likes doing. She does music. Yeah. And um, I'm like, oh wow, like if she can do it, then I can do it as well. Like mm-hmm. I, I, there's no limit to when I can start. start. Yeah. So exactly. I think for me, it has to just be right, and I don't want to do it for just monetizing sake. I want to do it because I enjoy it. So there's mm. actually an opportunity. Whilst I'm in Zambia, somebody's asked me, oh, just come to the studio and mm. see what you can do. And I'm like, okay, cool, that's fine. Just just to see. Yeah. Just to see what, how, how, I, how I am. You know, I know I'm a bit rusty, you know. <laughs> I'm a bit rusty <laughs> right now. But I know that I'll, 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 I probably will most likely enjoy it. Mm. But yeah, um, uh, I've had other jobs in between that. I've worked in, um, so, I've worked in a, so that was a print company that I worked Mm. in. Then I worked for a landscaping design company. Yeah. And then after that, COVID hit. And that's when (laughs) COVID hit and then the business completely was different. Yeah. And then um, I just said to myself, I was like, nah, this is not it. 
fortunately my grandma now was like oh we need to sell this 80 bags of rice and you know people are not buying because of the pandemic and it's so difficult like there was i think there was money was very scarce in in zambia at that time like right at the beginning of covid what was going on um do you know what i think it was i think it's it's just the thing of people don't really didn't really know how long was how long this was going to take yes so it 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 was kind of the thing where you're just like keeping Keeping, it people didn't really mm. want to spend because then you don't know how long it's going to stretch and then at the same time it's kind of like you know everybody is at home and then you're not working so you don't Mm. know if your company is going to pay you because they're not yeah the business isn't working yeah so everyone was like really holding on tight to Mm. their monies yeah so yeah i think that was that was what was going on so now I remember she was like, oh, can you help us um, reach out to your friends? Mm-hmm. And we were able to sell those 80 bags in a week. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, there's, a, there's something there. Mm. And initially, my business, SassicGlobal.com, I wanted it to be my grandma's thing. I yeah, wanted her to, yeah. to, to sell her produce. You know, she's got a farm. She's mm. got layers. They've got eggs. They've got, you know, pigs and mm-hmm. green beans and maize. You know, they're very self-sustainable. Yeah. And that's an insp- inspiration in itself, yeah. you know, to be able to live a, a life like that. So from they, they just couldn't get it. They yeah. could not get the what concept. I was trying to do. Yeah. It's relatively new and I get yeah. it. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'm going to set up this business for myself. And I think it took me about three, three months from conception to the 7th of November 2020 yeah. was when I launched. And I remember just, I had made... Uh, a grocery store and big cartel before but i had never made one on shopify so i was learning everything from scratch again Mm. going on youtube and Mm. trying to learn how to put the products on and Mm. you know starting the company and there's been so many hurdles in between oh my goodness like i registered it in zambia so the thing you have to explain is that well, explain the concept of your business. Okay. Yeah. Because you are in the UK and yes. then you're setting up a business which is going to run in Zambia. Yes. In COVID times. Y- yes. Girl. Yes. <laughs> That's like, I could, I, it's I could, a lot. I could see the opportunity. It yeah. It was so weird. It was so yeah. weird. Okay. So the business I run is ZasicGlobal.com. It allows people in the diaspora or Zambians all over the world to purchase groceries for their family and friends living in Zambia. Mm-hmm. So it's a doorstep delivery service. So we started with hampers. So from about, I think initially we started from about 25 pounds. Mm. We'd have like basic hamper with like maize meal and um, dry foods and a bit of um, like Ajax and mm. just, just little yeah. small things that yeah. you would, you would yeah. basically need. Yeah. Um, in the month and I remember we were literally just giving out the hampers if I start to look at the money amount oh yeah. my god like the basic hamper was about the 25 we had 25 kg um, bag of maize meal you had 10 kg rice mm. and I, I was just like mm, 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 mm. Is no, this, is, this is not this is not making any sense yeah but um once I kind of got the margins and said okay let's let's sort things out properly yeah. then I was able to see how we're able to scale it up, which yeah. is why I'm in Zambia right now. I'm trying to to look at the opportunities on how we can expand. And yeah, that's kind of But it was like twenty twenty girls. So this yeah. is two years. How yes. has it gone? So, so you've yes. been working remotely for two years. Yes. And how has the business been? Mm-hmm. What has the response been like? You know? Yes. 
So I've been working remotely for two. So it's been eighteen months. Yeah, so it was November that we started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, what month are we in now? We're July. In July. Yeah, ooh, yes, I was about yeah, to say June. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what the biggest thing was like um, getting people to trust me mm-hmm. and trust the business, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's it's gone well. Mm-hmm. It's gone really well because we've been making money. We've got our. Is this the suppliers or the or the consumers like the clients? The consumers. Okay. The consumers because. Yeah. The suppliers, they're easy to, to source. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just trying to find reliable supply, suppliers. Mm-hmm. But the consumers themselves, you know, some people were like, oh, no, you know, these brands, we don't really like them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's certain um, Mongol rice that we prefer and yeah, things like that. Yeah. Just a lot of things. Like, just as, as You a, were getting as a feedback, person, yes. basically, so yes. then you know what the And I was wants. loving it. I was yeah. loving it because a lot of people were, were giving us the chance. So, especially around Christmas, what yeah. you find is that people would just buy a lot because it's like you know they they just want to make sure that their family are are okay and the biggest thing during covid is that a lot of people couldn't come home yeah so it was almost like the the shopping that they would do when yes it was a lovely gift to give to their um their parents or their their family and friends Mm. the business has done well we're we're making money on each hamper and we're just open to collaboration really mm. open to collaboration and me being here is just trying to chase that money trying to scale up trying to see if i can open a grocery store mm. there's just a plethora of things i feel like okay hold up first yeah. let's go back <laughs> i want you to talk about what is how would you characterize um work life in in the uk okay yeah in terms of what just like, how do you characterize it? What What are your first thoughts? What are the words that work will come life, up for you? <laughs> work life in the UK is just tedious. Yeah. It's tedious. Like, you never see your money. Mm. And oh, wow. Like, it's, for yeah. me, it's like, it, it's bills upon bills. Mm. And when you do spend money for yourself, it just goes just like that. Because the cost of living is so high. I, I think this is probably the worst economy that we've ever had in a very, very long time people are starving like mm. not like yeah, yeah not like yeah. in that like the luxuries that people had before they, they're starting to slow down now yeah. because you're now thinking okay i remember i saw something on on the news it said so the guy was like oh i don't know whether to feed myself or my dog <laughs> i was like yourself i know right I... like it's a thought like which one <laughs> But it's just like putting that into context. It's like, yeah. oh wow, like th- his dog is almost like his child. Mm. So you can think like if you're thinking in that in that sense, it's like, oh, it's really really getting bad. Mm. You know, the the electricity prices have gone up, mm. uh, the cost of living, everything everything's gone up. So when you think about work life in in England, it's 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 terrible because even you know what one thing I like about Zambia is my family is here mm. even though my family i've got family in, in england mm. it's very difficult for us to have conversations you know okay. here yeah. even though people are in your business <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> i love it even, like, your business. even people are in your business it's nice to know that somebody's got your back yeah i mean th- th- there's pros and cons to everything and i know things like mental health are, are a big issue here like you know, if you said to, to somebody here that you're depressed, yeah, you know, yeah. they'll just be like, oh, no, 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 we don't, we don't believe in that. But I believe that here in Zambia, people are already in your business and like, oh, what are you doing here? Why are you doing that? No, 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 get up and do something. You know, that that's them encouraging you to get out of a depressed mindset. So mm-hmm. I feel like all of that helps. The sun helps so much. The food yes. that we consume here is so much better 
than any other gen- genetically modified foods. That That's what I was going to say. Like it's organic. Yes. And like your grandma's place where they, they are producing the yes. food. Yes. Know, you know, like, you know okay, what's going in. This is in where it's come from. Yes. And, yes. Yeah. So it, it's just that it's the quality of life. Yeah. You have to be able to choose what's right for you. And most of the time when you're looking at the, in to the Western world, you're just looking at these beautiful diamonds and all these lights and people don't tell you how how difficult it is to live a very good life and you know it starts from there's a lot of things that i wish us um, minorities knew better you know saving money and Mm. having a community and Mm -hmm. for me had i if i was raising my child now Mm. money would be a massive conversation um, that we would have and you know managing your life work-life balance and you know getting out into the world saving your money and staying at home until you're able to like what you can invest Someone. in what can you like yeah like staying mm. at home until yeah. you're able to to move on but because... we've got this thing of telling our kids like you need to move out by 18 like... yes I, I what and that's, <laughs> that's you know I mean? a westernized mindset yeah. because for me, and I've always said to, to guys, especially, I always say to guys, I'm like, I can't stay with a guy until I'm married. Mm-hmm. And that's like something that's probably embedded in me from me being brought up in, in Zambia for mm-hmm. so long, not for so long, but for, for those seven years. So when someone's now telling me that, oh, um, you know, uh, uh, we, we should be dating and we should live together and mm-hmm. things like this. And I'm just like, huh? <laughs> does it make sense like that no that doesn't make any sense i don't know if you're able to provide for me exactly. i don't know i can't even i am not sustainable on my own right now so how are we going to do this together mm-hmm. and i know that sometimes i'm probably overthinking this as well because there's actually benefits to being married and being with someone because you're able to cut costs and you're able to work together mm-hmm. so it just depends on what which quality of life you want to live yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So you was you mentioned something about community, right? Um, and I always, you know, we always see, let's say, you know, Indian communities, yes. Nigerian communities. Do you mm. think it's as galvanized oh, in in for Zambia, for Zambia, in England? Mm. So at the moment, I feel like for Zambia, what's hap- now? People are trying to get together. Now people yeah. are seeing the power of community. Yeah. But I then what was missing like, before? I'm like, why was this not obvious before? Like, I, don't, I don't know. How is, mind, like, make it make sense. I like, don't know why, why has it taken so long? So some people say to me, like, when I, when I talk about, oh, yeah, I'm Zambian. Some Zambians, mm. like, the pre... <laughs> how, how do I even... The prehistoric... <laughs> First generation settlers. Yeah. That's the, okay. the politically correct term. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, okay. Post-independence. Yeah. Um, first generation settlers. Mm. That's, that's mm. the term. They had, they had to come from England, start afresh. Like, literally, it was just them and the world. Mm. And I think for them, it was just so brutal. Yeah. That it was... A dog eat dog world mm-hmm. chop or get chopped eat or get eaten yeah. so it was that thing of you need to you can't trust anyone yeah you know and people were desperate i know that there's there's been cases where you know someone will trust somebody with money or they'll do stuff and you know that person didn't do what they said they would mm. 
And for me, I don't even take anything personally anymore. Mm. Like coming, just coming slightly out of that now yeah, yeah. and trying to understand how people take things. Because I think people make decisions based on their current circumstances, yeah. their current mindset. Yeah. And it, it's never personal. It is never personal. Like if somebody needs money, it's because of them. If they're, mm. if they're taking from you, yes, it feels personal, but it really isn't. It's not about, it's got nothing, nothing to, to do, do with, with you. you. Yeah. It could be anybody here. If, yeah. if there was a pickpocketer here and they pickpocketed me, for example, they don't know me from anywhere. So I can't take that personally. Mm. It's all to do with them. And I think what, what the, the new generation of, of um, settlers are doing now uh, is, they understand that, okay, our parents haven't really established anything by being independent. Mm. So I believe that we should collaborate and we should come together in order for us to move forward. Mm. So now you've got things like the Zambian Network that I was telling you about, Sean, that Sean runs. Mm. And that's that's been helpful with my starting my business because mm. I was able to go on there, find out who yeah. does what. Um, how we can collaborate, how I can move my business forward, and just just in general, you know. So I can, we can see the power of collaboration, even with the, the, this current government. The diaspora put so much money behind that campaign, mm -hmm. and you can now see that okay, so we we are capable of coming together and building um, building infrastructures and building um, certain things that are able to move this, the next generation on because. One thing that we don't want to, to happen is now our children struggling to look after us. Mm -hmm. Like, why isn't it that we haven't set that foundation mm -hmm. in order for them to be sustainable, in order for ourselves to be sustainable? Because I really don't feel it's it's nice to expect your child to look after you when you've had all of this time. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if your your child is your insurance policy. Yeah which I see a lot of in, in African households. It's like, yeah. oh, you have to look after this person. But like, as I'm making money, how am I now putting 60% of that towards um, my external family members? Mm -hmm. And I can't even pull that into my own self. I can't pull that into my savings. So when a pandemic happens or something causes me to lose my job, I'm stuck and I'm back to square one and you know you go back to your to to your family and they'll they'll degrade you because it's like well why didn't you save the money well mm, so it was mm -hmm, difficult for me to mm -hmm. do so so I think mm -hmm. that the new generation can see the power of collaboration can see the power of discussing certain things mental health talking about money management talking mm -hmm. about community and just coming together yeah yeah that's great yeah so this lady she got she landed in zambia and she landed in hungry lion yes <laughs> yes i love so, it how long have you been how long has it been since you've been um in zambia since i had hungry lion oh <laughs> <laughs> well it's been about almost 10 years 10 years 10 years okay tell me what it's like to land first of all yes. so you landed in probably the, the new airport right yes so tell me just like coming back what's that like i was impressed yeah i was so impressed i first of all you know when you land mm -hmm. there's just this feeling like i'm home yeah like there's these drums like this. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. No drums. No drums. No, 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 no. But like, you know that that feeling. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh my god, I'm home now. 
it felt good. The only issue, like, when I was coming through immigration now, I had a British passport, and I'm like, oh, the line. <laughs> come on, the line, the paying for it. I'm like, I was born here. Like, what was this? What is this? I hate having to explain myself again, explaining mm. my blackness yeah. and my passport. Yeah. So coming through, it was lovely, seeing the new airport, seeing the, the, the structure that's been built. I think there was a lot of emphasis from consuming zambian content from the uk mm. there was a lot of emphasis on oh the chinese have done this they've taken over mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they've done it you know they've done it mm-hmm. so okay <laughs> this is how this is how you can you can start justifying certain right. things like even though that i can see um how that they they treat zambian nationals and that's not right but when you start seeing the, what's coming out of having immigrants, um, you know, it, it's a win-win. Mm. And this is exactly why people in the diaspora need to come back to the UK. Yes. Because we have the knowledge, come we have the know-how. Yes, we have to, yeah, come back to Zambia. So mm. it's like, we have the know-how and it's like, okay, we have the the amount of money that people are making back in, in, in England or in the US. If you're able to save that and pour it back into this economy we can do so so much more which mm. is why i like the, the whole initiative about cooperatives but even that is just now becoming saturated because everyone's now looking to do chickens and it's like <laughs> <laughs> there's no imagination <laughs> it's like okay but what else is needed right like yeah, what else yeah. is needed and like even for my business i'm thinking okay how do we move it in five years where do i see myself next yeah, year yeah. like okay we'll have a grocery store fine um i would love to be selling iphones like i would love to be zambia's iphone provider mm. imagine you you just go on my website purchase your iphone you know um apple sells it to us wholesale and we're able to distribute or samsung or look i want our platform to be the go-to platform for literally anything mm-hmm. and it's going to take a long time to get there it's going to take a lot of technology and a lot of collaboration and innovation mm-hmm. but i'm i'm willing to learn mm-hmm. and the funniest thing is like i am not confident enough to do this in the western world mm. because it's already been done mm. the market is so saturated i can see the potential of what i'm doing here and mm. i really want to just stick it out mm. yeah yeah so many things Whoa. i know it's like i'm like where do i go I oh know. my gosh okay so you yeah. when you arrived mm-hmm. it's like you know you've been doing a lot of networking yes and what is it that you're seeing what I'm seeing is, do you know, I am so, so grateful for everyone that's been, um, you know, communicating with me because people have been very forthcoming and I've been able to meet even with you. Do you know what I mean? I'm so grateful that you come from Cowboy all the way <laughs> to see me. Like, yeah. it's a big deal. It's yeah. a big deal because time is money and your time is worth so much. So I'm grateful for that. Like people are helping me in my business. You know, you should t- t- look at that person, talk to that person. The value that I'm getting um, verbally is amazing. You know, the potential of it being financial as well is amazing. So I'm I'm happy um, with the connections that I, I haven't had any bad Zambian experiences mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We say that it'll be yeah. positive. No, no, so, it will yeah, be positive because yeah. I can. I feel like. At the moment, people are waking up and seeing that, okay, the youth have so much 
power. I don't even know if I can call myself a youth anymore. <laughs> like, I think I'm getting old. <laughs> like, what does youth I mean, mean? I always wonder about that because I'm yeah, like, I think I've passed it. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Like, yeah. But people keep saying, yeah, you are a youth. No, yeah, but listen, but talk us through this because I think that a lot of people, when they're thinking about coming um, back to Zambia, mm. the narrative is that it's so hard, you're overqualified, you, you know, there's no, um, there's no, what's the word that I'm looking for? There's no opportunities. There's, you know, like you it, it would just be like a, it would just be a struggle. Yeah. You know, when you think so, about the electricity, internet, so, everything is like, Lord so, Jesus, so why I put myself through you that? You have to be able to create your own opportunities. Mm. And there was this guy, I think his name's CJ. He owns um, Urban Lusaka. Mm. So when I went to the Muso Tunya pitch that, um, Mara from Jacaranda Hub invited me to. Mm. I was listening to a speech that he was saying, and he was like, he's came, he came from America, I think New York, and he came here and he could see the opportunities for like um, some of the businesses that he set up. And then, you know, everyone's always like, oh, cool, well done, well done for doing this for Zambians. And then he's like, but why are you Zambians not doing it? Mm. So for him, it's almost like, um, I think. Where is he from? He's from the States? Like, yeah, he's from America. Oh, okay, white, yeah. white man. Oh, okay. yeah. And um, he he basically was just like, I am so grateful for this country, you know, because there's so much potential. And I think another person was saying how, you know, any any problem that you see in Zambia is a potential business idea. Exactly. So, like, if you're coming here with the mindset of, oh, Zambia hasn't got this, Zambia hasn't got that. If you're able to solve that problem... Because there are people who see the value of that. And if people are able to benefit from that, you're able to monetize it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like as soon as you come here, your eyes are just open. Like you, I've extended my stay and I've already told you I might extend it. I might not go back <laughs> because yeah. of this potential that I'm yeah. seeing. I'm like, we could do this. We could do that. We could do this. We could do that. I can't, I can't solve all of our problems. However, I can identify what I'm capable of solving and looking at how to monetize it. And mm. I always say it's so it's so imperative and it's so important for us to make money and not to look at it as a charity. Mm. Because sometimes people look at, oh, you know, in Zambia, let's just send money and donate. No, that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work to build our economy. We need to be able to provide jobs. We need to be able to empower people mm -hmm. to come together and collaborate and make more money. Mm -hmm. That's how people are happy. Like doesn't buy happiness but it really helps mm. you know <laughs> mm. it helps so yeah. like at the end of the day that's what we need to be doing yeah yeah okay so another topic that i uh love to talk about is networking and mm -hmm. i feel like you are a master networker am i <laughs> how do you oh my goodness you are the networking queen like, do you know, next in the dictionary, there's a picture of you <laughs> next to networking. <laughs> it's her. It's like, bye -bye. No, but thank you. I'm trying. No, I think you're amazing. I'm so trying. I would love for you to give some pointers. This is my, my pet peeve. Yeah. This is my pet peeve. Okay. We'll go for like an event. There's like a networking event, you yeah. know, I don't know, whoever sponsors like some event mm -hmm. and then you land there and then people will enter. They'll look through the room, look for the person they know mm. and then go straight to that oh, person no, 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 and no. stick I to am, that I person the like whole that. night. No. And I'm like, no. And then... 
if somebody latches on to me for lack mm-hmm. of a better word i'm like okay i'm gonna start talking to somebody they're like oh i'm coming i'm like no 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 that's that's not the point that's my my pet peeve just talk to us about that you know <laughs> so when i when i landed i went landed on a thursday and i we i'm part of a village bank mm-hmm. um within ndola it's called pickler and when i went to the village bank i remember i had not known anyone i only knew my my cousin mm-hmm. and um you know everyone was sitting down they could see that i wasn't from here and yeah. stuff and you know i was like okay i'll eat my food let's get it rolling yeah and then i was just like hi everyone my name is monday and this is what i do and i'd like to collaborate and um, i wanted to know what you guys do see if we can potentially work together mm-hmm. and i did that to every single person that i came across mm-hmm. and i was just like okay this is your number this is your number i took your number you know i've actually got <laughs> i've got a spreadsheet of a register yeah so i put these details down or ask people to put their their details in there the mm. industry the company mm. that they work for their interests and Sometimes you might not be able to use that information there or mm-hmm. work with that person there and then. Yeah. But later on down the line, you're like, oh, there was that person yes. that I met, you yeah. know. You remember you? You, yeah. you do that. <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. There might be that person yeah. that can help me. That's where, well, that's what it is. I think if you're in a room full of people and you don't know anyone, you just have to think about your time as currency. Mm. It is, time is money. And if you don't make these connections, you never know who knows who you do. If you don't make these connections, you will forever be like, oh, yeah, you know, I met that lady there. You know, she's now a millionaire. Oh, yeah, you know, now she's a... No, let's... Why don't we discuss and why don't we talk about our ideas and why don't we just introduce each other? And that's why I was even saying to... Um, when I was at the Musil Tunya pitch, um, we had come about two hours early and we set up and then somebody saw that um, where we had set up um, was where Z and B C had mm. um, now done. They, they've featured our background and yeah, stuff. Nice. And then the person came and put their their thing there. I was like, oh. and, <laughs> and then I remember Danny was like, "What should we do?" And I was like, "Do you know what? In this situation, you just have to be nice because you never know who's who's who, exactly. and you don't know who's talking. And the moment that we react, everyone's going to see us, but we saw what he did." So just just leave it and let's just get as much value as we can in the room. And for me, it's just all about you walking into a room and you being a brand and, you know, you being nice Mm, and having mm -hmm, your literature and being able to be like, okay, that was a that was a good meeting. Imagine me now spending hours at a certain place and sometimes there's like no no food, there's no drink. What was the point of leaving? You know? And yeah, you just have to be able to get as much value out of the room as possible. Yeah, but you know what? I, you have, you've been saying it over and over and over again. You've been saying collaborate. Yeah. Now listen, <laughs> there are people that are like collaborate is an insult to them. Like it's a swear word. Okay. <laughs> Why? Why? Like it, it, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like people just there's this fear about working with somebody else and it's like i i should do everything myself mm. like you know i want to be that self-made is there ever is there even such no, a thing no, as self-made no, no such thing as, but that's the thing <laughs> you know? if you were to define self-made okay recently rihanna's come out as the 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 first self-made billionaire mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. self-made is, really? yeah. is the fact that i have come in a room and i've said this is what my brand is this is what we're doing Mm -hmm. and i'm representing myself and i need 
everybody else to help me get to this goal. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you yourself have come together and brought those people. You're the common denominator. That's what I think being self-made is. Mm. It's not about you doing everything yourself. You can't do everything yourself. You do not. You lack the skills. You lack the, the, the capacity in your brain. Cannot do everything. You've only got so, so many hours in a day. And this is why you think Steve Jobs doesn't want to do everything himself. Like, didn't want to do everything himself. I'm sure he did. But, but you can't. You know, there's people who are good at finance, people who are good at accounting, people who are good at management, mm. um, you know, supplying, supply chain, and mm. so so much so much stuff, marketing. How do you expect to, to do that And in this short space of time mm. that we have on mm -hmm. this earth? You know, realistically speaking, I feel like, from your your 20s is when you're really trying to hunt, like learn what you actually like to do your yeah. 30s i feel are okay i now know what i want to do mm -hmm. this is what i'm going to do your 40s that's when you're making the money yeah yeah and it's like so when in those in those 20 years are you going to be able to do everything yourself if you want to accelerate your business and if you want to be able to it, it depends on what you want as a as a person yeah but you, you have to, like, even as a publisher, mm. if you're, if you publish your own, your own book, you still have to go and get it printed. You still have to go and buy the ink. You still have to, there's so many things you cannot work on your own. You going onto your laptop, you're using another resource, mm -hmm. you know, and it's coming out of that mindset. You can't be scared. You have to choose your hard yeah. because it's already hard working on your own. So working with somebody else eases that hard. It's still hard, mm -hmm. but it eases it. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to choose what's, what's the right thing to do. Yeah. I, I think there's, when I, when I think about it more, I've heard things like, Oh, that means we'll get less money. <laughs> oh, they will still like they'll still my idea if I go oh, for a networking I, event I, I and I will I will if I say I, I share it and then they'll steal my idea. I get that a lot. And uh, okay, so two things you've said there. You said um, stealing the idea mm -hmm. and I wouldn't make any, in, enough money. Mm -hmm. So with regards to the money money part of things, money is a numbers game. Mm -hmm. If you're able to, let me say, how many times have you thought about nails? Um, I'm just randomly, mm. randomly. Nails are made from iron, yeah. right? How many, how many things can you think of? I don't know. An iron sheet is probably worth. Let's say an iron sheet is about a hundred pounds. Nails are maybe about fifty pence for a hundred mm. of them. It probably is more profitable to make the nails than it is to to make the iron sheets, right? Mm -hmm. And with the nails, they they sell a lot because it's a numbers game, mm. and you have to think about it that way. It's like okay. If I'm able to work with other people, then I'm able to add my margin and I'm able to, to make more money. Because at the end of the day, if more people are seeing my product, mm -hmm. then I'm making more money. Mm -hmm. You can't expect to make your million pounds from true. Like, <laughs> I can't expect you to be the only customer that pays that premium. Exactly. No, that's not, that's not fair. Yeah. That's not fair to do. And it's not realistic. That's mm -hmm. not how life works. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing that you said was people stealing yeah, ideas. Yeah. yeah. So I get this a lot. And I remember when I started the business, um, people now were, were sending me my competitors. And I think I had like two competitors. I'm not going to mention them. But <laughs> two competitors. And they were like, this person's doing that. And you know, they've got funding from this person. And then mm. that person's doing this. And I was just like, may the best person win. May the best person win. Because at the end of the day, I didn't know that they were doing this. Mm. And I always feel like 
ideas are ideas. If yeah. there's a problem, somebody's thought about solving it. Yeah. So don't think that you're the only person yeah. who's ever thought of it. And I always, and I said this to somebody yesterday, was like, you know, if with my idea, I always feel like um, God had placed has placed it on my heart to do. Mm. So if I didn't execute Zasset Global, it would have gone to somebody's head and they would have been exactly. able to execute yeah. it in the way that God want them, wants them to do. So for me, I'm just, I'm remaining resilient in the fact that I have goals and I have aspirations and nobody has what I have. They don't have my charisma. They don't have my yeah. drive. They don't have my personality. And that is what my brand is. That's mm-hmm. what Zasik is. When they mm-hmm. see the product, they can see me in the product mm-hmm. and they can trust me. So if they want to, it's like bread, like there's 50 different types of breads. Mm-hmm. Like, are you telling me that your people are going to stop making, making bread? bread? Yeah. Because um, ShopRite has their own brand? No. Like, people continuously... Competition is amazing because it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, never really, so I'm never really shocked about, oh, somebody's done this. I'm like, well done. This is what I did. I don't even mind meeting with my competitor. And yeah. being like, yeah, how are you doing this? Yeah, man, we're doing... What, what could go wrong? Right. You know, why are we so bent up on being so greedy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they really, it doesn't benefit anyone. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think competition is good. If somebody wants to steal the idea, let them do so. But I feel like if something's not original, if somebody, if somebody steals an idea, they won't have that passion that you have. Yeah. And they won't do it the way you do No, they it. won't. Because as much as you can see something from the outside, they don't know the ins and outs yes, of no, they how don't. you're doing they it. They don't. So it would probably fail anyway. And everyone's at a different different stage within like their business journeys. So like, let's say for me, I've had, I, you know, I've told you like I've sold hair before, mm. I've sold lashes. Yeah. So I've got that experience. If somebody's starting afresh and like, I can do that and they have no experience, mm-hmm. no, you're 10 levels behind me yeah. because I have this experience and this is what I'm doing. You're going to, you're going to try and do this thing and trying to compete with me, but it's going to be so difficult for yeah. you. And then that's where people fall off. And it's like, okay, just find the thing that you're passionate about. If you, if you're competitive with somebody else, fine, mm. but just do it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know what? I, I, I don't, gosh. Okay. I think we're almost coming to time, oh my. <laughs> but it's, it's just like so good. Yes, we are. Oh, yeah, uh, okay. We're on track. Okay. Good. So, ah, so good. Having, I love oh, this conversation. I feel like it was, it was, it this was has been better. <laughs> So I think it, it was a good thing that the original got lost, guys. But um, I think this, this there's so much that you've said, so much that you've said. Yes. Um. So I don't want to go with the cheesy. Where do you see yourself in you know like five years? That's what people always end with, you know. And it's like really, yeah. Like, um. Let's see. What can we go with? Okay. Right now, mm-hmm. you know, who are the types of people? Um the types of collaborations that you're hoping for um mm-hmm. and you know where are you seeing like opportunities mm-hmm. um for the business so at the moment i would like to work with people within different towns mm-hmm. in zambia because mm-hmm. i have plans on in the future to um franchise the model all around zambia mm-hmm. i'd like to work with people who want to invest people who want to market who want to grow the brand and see the vision 
I I definitely feel like it's not just going to be groceries on the platform and if if you can't but it's increased now yes. i saw those like yeah, flowers we've got, flowers, we've got and, fresh yeah. flowers we've got gifts and yeah. the potential is there and we can work with anyone from packaging to you know somebody with a market with a market store you know in soweto i was in soweto last weekend yeah it last two weeks two weeks ago we yeah. went at 5 a.m wow i have never had so much respect mm. for people yeah from the outside looking in you know you see how dirty it is mm. But if you see the value, that's, it, that's a whole out, economy in there. A whole economy. It's like intense. The inside amount there. of money that is cut that is that's in there. Yeah, it's a lot. There yeah, a lot. And from that day, like I, I have so much respect for them. So anyone from from that level to farmers to people in tech, mm. people in finance, in accounting, any industry, I would love to collaborate with them and see where we can work together because i know i can't do it alone Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. okay where can people find you how do they support you how do they collaborate with you (laughs) like get in touch with you okay so um my business is www.zasicglobal.com um that's the business that allows zambians all over the world to purchase groceries for their family and friends in zambia Mm -hmm. my personal instagram is Harms London, that's H A R M Z London. And yeah, let me tell you, this this lady, you have to follow her. <laughs> oh my god. She goodness. has the best fashion oh, all the you. time. I'm always like, look at this lady, just looking thank beautiful you. out in these thank streets. You. Thank yes. you. I'm trying. I'm trying. And that's just the trying to balance. That's my balance, yeah. isn't it? It's like I love fashion. Yeah. But I also have this business that I want to run. But yeah, that's my thing. That's my cheat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? It has been so amazing to Thank actually do this in person. I feel like me. you've ah, oh, you so many good things that you shared, and I'm just so grateful that you. First of all, you said that you could do the interview yes. again. Because <laughs> I was I like, know. oh my god, this yeah. Is so I, I, I was happy. <laughs> I was happy that we were doing it again. That way, I meant got to meet you, yeah. and we got to do this again. And yeah, you know, you know. What did I say to you? I said, like, let go and let yes, God. Yes, like, yes. it's okay. It's fine. If mm-hmm. it's gone, it's gone. It's yeah. out in the universe. We've got this now. Yes. This is beautiful. Yes. So thank you. No, it's okay. <laughs> thank you for having me. Don't you love Monday? Again, shout out to Kunda for the connect. Now, I want to point out something very important. Monday is a magnet to great opportunities. Like, people literally want to help her all the time. They connect her with people that can enhance her business. People invite her into influential rooms. She literally attracts a soft life. It is not because she is special. It is because she is a self-starter and she has a track record of actually working. I'm going to say it straight, guys. There is nothing more irritating than trying to give advice to someone who is doing nothing. Because guess what they will do with your advice? Nothing. It's better to help someone who is actually in motion, who is trying, who is making things work with the little resources they have. 
who is not making excuses about their limitations. Stop asking people to be your mentors when you are currently doing nothing. Stop it. It's not that they don't want to help you. It's that you don't want to help yourself first. And they know their time is precious. So it's better to invest in helping Emonde because there's a higher chance that there will be a return on their investment. So get up and start doing. Do something. Then people will want to help you. I'm sorry today. I'm not sugarcoating nothing. It is what it is. Okay. (laughs) So at Africana Woman, we give our guests their roses right now. Please find Monday on Instagram at Harms London. Tell her you heard her on the Africana Woman podcast. Take a screenshot of the episode and tag us. We want to keep the conversation going. The mission of Africana Women has always been to tell more African women's stories. One of the ways that we're doing this is by helping you start your own podcast. If you have a burning idea and you're interested in launching a podcast, but you don't know where to start, contact us at africanawomen at gmail.com. Your story is important. My playground is Instagram. Find me at Design. Tag me. Tell your friends about the Africana Women podcast. And again, leave a review, especially on Apple Podcast, because that helps us spread the word about this show to more African sisters out there. So talk to you soon. This has been a production of Africana Woman Media.